This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do not adjust whatever weird set television film thing you are watching this on because we are back, baby. We're back for NXT ups and downs. It's a thing. They, they actually let me come back and do it. I can't believe it. And even though it is maybe just for one day only, what a day it is because it was the most romantic day of the year. No, I'm not talking about Valentine's Day and all those stupid love hearts and chocolates that you get sent. No, I'm talking about NXT Vengeance Day. We had loads of title matches, loads of fighting, and yeah, there was still a bit of love. A bit of love sprinkled in there too. And yes, the wonderful side Simon Miller may be going on his holidays and I've been handed the keys to the ups and downs kingdom for a little bit, but I'll make sure not to drop them in a big cage with Pete Dunn and Tony D'Angelo for reasons that you're about to find out. But let's not waste time on ceremony here because we are here to up and down some NXT Vengeance Days. So without further ado, I'm Gareth from What Culture Wrestling and let's get to it. So we had a bit of a strange start to Vengeance Day because we had Mandy Rose sat in a sun lounger. She was texting the rest of Toxic Attraction. She was like, oh my God, Vengeance Day is coming up. Are we going to win our matches? And the girls were like, yeah, because we're the best. And then Tony D'Angelo started texting everyone and saying, there's a reason they call me Tony D. Yeah, I forgot NXT's got very sexual lately, hasn't it? And I'll be honest, you can't really knock them for trying something new, but all of the texting in general was quite weird. I don't know if it really worked for me, so it's going to get a bit of a down. But the first up of the night belongs to the Pete Dunn versus Tony D because he's got a big crowbar that he uses in the match. That was a great match. It was a weaponized steel cage match. Let's get into it. Tony rocked up in a nice fancy car, but then he got speared out of his boots by Pete Dunne, who started throwing him into the cage and really got things started with a steel chair. He whacked him on the back of it and it just exploded. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be fun. And what I really liked about this match is it wasn't just a plunder brawl for the sake of being a plunder brawl. All the weapons, well, most of the weapons that were used in the match had been seen at some point over the course of the feud. We'd seen the toolbox. The toolbox was used to like trap Tony D'Angelo's hands at this point. He slammed it in. Then you had the crowbar, obviously, which was the thing that helped Tony win the first Pete Dunne match. Then you had the cricket bat, which has been present. They were all little beats that all came to fruition in the culmination of this big conclusion. A lot of big words. But it was Pete Dunne who outsmarted big old Tony D in the end because after 
after he'd like been hit by the crowbar and there's loads of other things that happened, he went into the corner of the steel cage and he got his own little sneaky crowbar that he just snuck in probably at the start of the match or before everyone had even got into the CWC. He pulled it out, he whacked him and then he hit a second bitter end. The first one didn't work after he'd already like power bombed Tony D'Angelo through a big old table. That didn't work but the second one did. He won the match. It was great. It was everything I wanted really. We had violence, we had innovation. It helps Pete Dunne now feel like a big deal once again if he is maybe going to head up to the main roster but Tony D'Angelo look tough as all hell. Whatever he does next is probably going to be really great. Cannot control my hands. It's been a while. And then we jumped into one of the first video packages of the night which was Raquel Gonzalez. She's now obviously going to be teaming with Cora Jane so she rang her up at five o'clock in the morning. She was like Cora get up let's go and work out and Cora had the understandable reaction of what the hell is wrong with you. And then we went into the gym and Raquel Gonzalez was lifting weights and lifting weights with Cora Jade and I was like please please for the love of all God just have Braun Strowman in the background just just saluting if you know you know. But then Gonzalez was just getting really peed off that Cora was eating in the gym like I thought that's the idea yeah you get the protein back in after you've done working out whatever. They started running through a park they were doing sit-ups it's all alluding to this odd couple relationship maybe going off into something a lot more fruitful in, in the future being a nice positive thing which means they can win the Dusty Cup the women's Dusty Cup which is starting next week. And then speaking of the Dusty Cup we built up the men's final which was happening tonight it's going to be the Creed Brothers taking on MSK. Mark and Bivens was like the Creed Brothers are the best they're going to beat up everyone like the only thing that like MSK are going to be hitting is the thing that's illegal in loads of different states you know weed haha. <laughs> then MSK were like oh we're really giddy we're going to win this we're going to win this tournament that we won last year we're going to be two-time winners a lot's changed since last year we're now the veterans we're not the young guns and we'll see what happens Riddle taught us really well even though Riddle wasn't there either it was all a bit strange but that match is going to come up tonight and it's going to be good and next up we had our first championship match of the night it was the women's tag team championship it was Indy Hartwell and Peugeot Deprata taking on the champions who are Gigi Dolan and JC Jane and this match surprisingly is going to get an up because I've been understandably quite hard on this division over the, like the times when I have been able to talk about it because it just doesn't feel like there's really been any attention it doesn't feel like NXT really want to back the women involved they don't want to really give them a good feud to get the teeth sunk into but this match here proves that when you give them a little bit of a stage these women deliver they're awesome like yeah it's not the greatest women's tag team match or just any tag team match in general that you're ever going to see but the champions were really diabolical despicable they played their roles to perfection they eventually managed to get the numbers game on Indy Hartwell because Peja Parrot was taken out on the outside she was smashed into a steel chair not steel chair steel steps what's happening and in the end Gigi and JC managed to win the whole damn thing with like a high low dropkick weird thing on Indy Hartwell and that was it that was their first successful title defense ever because they've not had one since they won the belt in October that's just not good enough and look they're a decent team they just need to be built up properly because what we've got a women's dusty cup now on the horizon and it doesn't feel like the champions are anything like big to overcome it doesn't feel like they're a team worthy of being like the end prize at the end of a dusty cup so in the next I don't know a couple of weeks maybe have them do a few defenses if not just do something to make them feel special because these belts don't feel special and they need to feel special because they're the end reward at the end of a dusty cup that's the point point. and speaking of the women's Dusty Cup we then had Amari Miller and Wendy Chu Wendy Chu we love you she was walking around backstage they were talking about oh who's going to be our partners for like the Dusty Cup what's going to happen and Wendy Chu said could you be mine Amari Miller and she was like ah, I'm sorry I can't I've already got a partner you should have told me before Wendy was like oh great yeah she did the big thumbs down and then she bumped into Dakota Kai who was 
talking to her imaginary friends slash voices in her head. Her and Randy Orton should be a team. But yeah, not a fan of Dakota Kai, just mumbling and being all strange and just this character doesn't work with me, it just doesn't click. But Wendy Chu was like, we could be partners, let me know in the future. Wendy, run, go and partner with a train. Wendy, the choo-choo, on a train with a pillow, that is what I want to see. And then a quick down because we had a little promotional video trailer, whatever you want to call it, just highlighting the fact that 205 Live is now officially dead because we've got NXT level up. That's going to be the new little developmental show thing that's not quite NXT and not quite a main roster thing. And it just means officially that all this Cruiserweight, this Cruiserweight project that came into play all those years ago that had all this potential is now officially dead and it makes me sad. So down. And a double whammy of downs because after this we had a terrible bar segment all about love. I get it. It was Valentine's Day. That was the whole thing coming into this. But it just, I don't like it. I don't like any of it. Because of course it was Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs sat in a bar drinking beer because that's what men do. Uh-uh. And they were talking about Brooks Jensen's date with Caden Carter. He like, asked her out for Valentine's Day. Josh was like, how'd he go buddy? And he was like, it's really good. We did all these crazy things and like took her home. He had a hug. She hugged me. She was like, you just like my little brother and he was like dude you're getting friend zoned and if you're getting bored right now that's how I felt and then they asked for the advice of a lovely bartender who's like sat behind the bar she was working with him and she was like I'm sorry it feels like it's X, Y and Z it feels like you may have been friend zoned and then Brooks Jensen just spat his dummy out Josh Briggs was shouting and I just didn't like either dude and surely that's I think the point of all this we're trying to build them into like a sympathetic babyface pair and I don't like either dude because they're just like petulant little boys it's not working nah and earlier in the night great Jason Waller had popped up in a car, he was with Sanger, and he had like police officers with him because of course what was going to happen tonight, the big old thing of LA Knight was going to get arrested, that was going to be a thing. And my head started scratching straight away because LA Knight just stormed out into the CWC later on in the day and he was like, I'm going to stand here and probably hold the ring and not get arrested. And I thought, dude, if they come in to arrest you, leg it. But as we'll find out, he had a plan. Because just before LA Knight could even open his mouth, Grayson Waller walked out and he was like, guys, arrest that dude right now because he beat me up, he attacked me a week ago and I've got a restraining order against him. This is not going to fly. And he then showed the video of what happened with that attack and LA Knight was like, right, yeah, I'm not going to stop you guys doing your job if that's what you've got to do but just look at my footage from two weeks ago when obviously Grayson Waller sneak attacked LA Knight from behind he like jumped over the barricade and hit with that weird cool stunner thing that he does and LA Knight was like well because that happened this technically means if you look over that restraining order that you've actually given me Mr. Grayson Waller it means that you you my friend have broken the order because you're not allowed to touch me it says it here in the real fine print on the section two that's something that he said and obviously his face then dropped he was like oh in Australia it only works one way not the other and LA Knight was like, well, it doesn't work that way in the US. And he beats him up. He dumped him out of the ring. Sanger was just looking up. He was like, ah, oh, what can I do now? And LA Knight confirmed they are going to have a match next week. It was fine. It set things up in a nice way. It made LA Knight actually look like, you know, an intelligent baby face. What a world we're living in. This whole thing, it gets a nice cheeky up. We then jumped to backstage. Obviously, Indy Hartwell and Persia Parata had not been successful in their championship pursuits earlier in the night. And they were like, right, we've got a dusty cup here. We're going to have to win this whole damn thing. We're going to get a second shot. And then we can overcome all the odds and win the damn thing. And then Indy Hartwell found herself being distracted because her lover, a uh, hubby, Dexter Loomis came in, took her away. Persia was like, Arr. and then Duke Hudson came in. This is like a development from last week's story where like they'd introduced a picture, I think, with Persia or Indy or one of them on a picture with Duke Hudson. He popped up and he was like, hey, come with me, baby. And they walked away and love and love and love. Did I mention it was Valentine's? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. And then speaking of love, we had Tommaso Ciampa making love with a chair backstage. No, that's not what happened. He was sat in the chair backstage and he was talking about Dolph Ziggler because obviously he popped up on Raw the night before and he said, all right, Dolph, me and you, we're going to fight at some point because this is my house. But speaking of things going down in my house, Braun Breaker's going to defend his title tonight and I'm going to be watching it in my house because it's his house. I don't know if I mentioned, but it's his house. And then another thing that was going down in Tommaso Ciampa's house was a big old North American championship match. Yes, yes, it was Carmelo Hayes, the a champion defending his belt against Cameron Grimes and this whole match not only went to the moon but it gets an up see what I did there to the up moon thing yeah and I quite like this because it had a bit of a slow build at the start there was a bit of technical mat wrestling Cameron Grimes was getting the better of Hayes and Hayes was not very happy about it at all but as usually is the case in a Carmelo Hayes match it isn't long before Trick Williams makes his presence known and that's exactly what happened here because Trick Williams suddenly started dancing around on the outside and then Cameron Grimes got distracted he got caught up in the ropes and then got hit by like a springboard twisting leg drop thing from Carmelo Hayes. Just when I think I've seen it all, he goes and pulls something crazy out like that. And it was really the story of the match. Every time it looked like Cameron Grimes had just done enough to win the whole damn thing, the Doge father was going to walk out with the belt. Something happened with Trip Williams who got in the way. Like, there was a point where it looked like he was going to hit this cave-in on the outside, this massive cave-in on Carmelo Hayes. And they went to do it. Hayes moved and Trip Williams got all the cave-in instead. And then Cameron Grimes got thrown straight into the rail and like Hayes was looking at his belt going, baby, I ain't going to lose you. You're mine forever. Things then got even more chaotic when we got back inside the ring because it looked, it looked like Cameron Grimes was going to maybe tap out and then Trick Williams pulled the rope away and I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. You can't do things like that. You're going to get thrown out of the arena, which is what happened to Mandy Rose earlier in the night in the Toxic Attraction tag team match for something far less. But Trick Williams didn't get thrown out because this ref is a bit dodgy, if you ask me. But none of that mattered in the end because it all set up a huge jumping, diving leg drop from Carmelo Hayes, who won the whole damn thing. He's still your North American champion, but this 
this match was great. These two really complement each other. They've got excellent chemistry, and I would not be that fussed if we got a round two at some point in the future. But as things later in the night did show us, it looks like they may be heading in a different direction, which is quite sad because Cameron Grimes, what has he done? He's done nothing wrong. He's still super over. Everyone just keeps shouting to the moon. Give this guy either a belt, a shot, or something more important to do going forward because he's proven here that he can still go and he can still hang with the best of them. We then jump backstage and Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai now going to be another team. Like we've got a lot of thrown together teams this year for this Women's Dusty Cup. And to Bond, they were smashing things because that's KLR's new gimmick. Now she just smashes stuff backstage. Io's like, I'm not really into it. KLR was like, you don't like these teams that we're going to go up against. And she was like, yeah, you're right. So she beat things up and then she threw Zoe Stark's mug. I was like, this is awful. You can't do things like this. She threw the mug and then there was a bit of tension between KLR and Zoe Stark. So I was like, oh, is this going to be a thing when she comes back from injury? We're going to have like a friendship battle rival. I'm intrigued. But it was time for the men's Dusty Cup final. Oh yeah, we had MSK taking on the Creed brothers. This match was oh, it's everything that you expected it to be. It's going to get an up, but we need to talk about the entrances before we get anywhere near that. Because MSK came to the ring and they had like an American Dream remix into the music. It was lovely. Dusty was there at the start. It was just a really sweet touch and everyone was really into it. I've checked Twitter. We all loved it. It was good. And then we had Malcolm Bivens doing like a Malcolm X team talk, pep talk for his team. He was like, yeah, let's come and do this. And then he walked down to the ring and had the, the John Cena towel that says never give up. And then he turned it around and he was like, nah, you should. Malcolm Bivens is just a treat. He's a treasure. And one more thing, not only is this match and everything around it going to get an up, but it's going to get the pink highlighter of the week because it's been a while. I've lost the yellow one and because it's Valentine's Day, it's pink. It's a, it's a romantic colour. I know it's not red. I didn't think this through. Don't, don't, don't kill me. Well, this was precisely what you expected it to be because we had the MSK flying through the air doing their innovative offence as only they do. Wesley did like a running flip over the top rope at one point just like it was nothing. But then he got smashed off the apron by Julius Creed who just like tackled him. He bounced straight into the announce desk which is now like placed next to the ring on the side. It was brutal. It was savage. It's what I wanted. And you really felt like MSK were going back up a notch. Back to where they were when they first won this Dusty Cup when they were just pulling out moves left, right and centre and flipping and sent-ons. There was a corkscrew twisting sent-on at one point. I was like, this team are going to do it. Like, no, nobody can match this team when they're on this level. But oh, there is a new team on the block and at one point, Nash Carter like dived out to the outside of the ring. He got caught by Julius Creed who proceeded to tackle him through the floor. I'm pretty sure he went straight through the floor and he had to like dig him out, put him back in the ring and then hit the unnecessary clothesline and the Creed brothers... They've won the Dusty Cup. Creed Brothers are my team right now. I love the Creed Brothers, so I was all here for this win. It helps build a brand new team to be like title contenders and credible challengers at the top of the card. MSK looked great in defeat. Like I said, they went up a level like they used to back in the old days. And it does mean they need to pick themselves back up and just chase those titles again going forward. It was all fun, great match, the right winners, and then Cody and Brandy Rose pop up to give the trophy to the Creed Brothers. That, that didn't happen. The internet was very upset by that, and so was I. And then we had another Nikita Lyons vignette promo thing. Thing, building her up as this singer, dancer, MMA fighter. It's it's a whole lot of things to throw at a character in these little vignettes, but I don't know, I'm interested by it. And she was like, you're gonna feel the lion roar of something of that ilk because her name's Nikita Lyons. Get it? Inventive. And then Imperium were in the ring because obviously the Creed Brothers had just won the whole Dusty Cup. They're gonna challenge Imperium next for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And what? 
Oh, yeah, things have changed since I was last on here. He's not called Walter anymore. He's called Gunter, but nobody told the CWC that because they kept chanting Walter. And it's really just murder the mystique of this character. We've not really had a chance to properly talk about this through ups and downs, but it has. It's brutalized it, and I couldn't take a word he said seriously here. And then Solo Sokoa popped up. He was like, ha, Walter, ring general. Sorry, Gunter, ring general. I want to beat you up because I think I can. You're the biggest guy, and I think I can beat you up. And it all seems to be alluding to potentially at some point in the future having Solo Sokoa a team up with his brothers, the Usos, to take on Imperium. I'd be here for that match, but I don't know how this helps Gunter rise above the whole Walter chance that are happening right now. They've really dealt a catastrophic blow to this character. Oh yeah, and before we go to our main event, we did have Pete Dunne bumping into Carmelo Hayes backstage. He was like, hey, well done, champ. You've won the belt. You've won the title, but I'm going to beat you up in a couple of weeks' time, probably. That's the worst brummy accent I've ever done, but we're sticking with it. And I said it was time for our main event of the evening. It was Brombreaker defending his belt against Santos Escobar. And as alluded to across the night, everybody had their eyes on this match, including Dolph Ziggler, Tommaso Ciampa, Gunter. Everybody wanted to see what happened, and surprise, surprise, it was pretty damn good. It's gonna get an up. Straight away, Santos Escobar was kitted out in Eddie Guerrero tribute regalia. It was like a lovely tribute to the fact that 18 years ago, to the day of the Night of Vengeance Day, was when Eddie Guerrero won the WWE Championship against Brock Lesnar. Coincidentally, my favourite wrestling match ever. And then we have Bron Breaker doing his typically elaborate entrances, which is pretty much what he does now every time he has a big match in NXT. And this time, he set fire to the V. That sounds weird. But the match itself was quite unexpected for me because we had Santos Escobar really dominating Bron Breaker for much of the contest. Obviously he had Legado on the outside and the reason the momentum shifted in the first place was because we had like a bit of a distraction thing and Santos took advantage. But it was really strange seeing Bron just be the sympathetic beaten up babyface for much of the match. It really worked. I thought he was excellent at it. But yeah, I did not see it going this way. And then out of nowhere, Dolph Ziggler popped up because he's just been an absolute pain in the ass recently. He jumped into the ring and super kicked Bron Breaker because he obviously feels the easiest person to challenge isn't Bron Breaker. It'd be easier to challenge Santos, which was disrespectful, but it didn't work because we got a near fall and he didn't lose the match. And Tommaso Ciampa chased off Dolph Ziggler, so that's like a nice tease for their match, which is going to happen next week. And then something else rather baffling happened because just when it looked like Santos Escobar was going to hit a lovely tribute, Frog Splash, Eddie Guerrero moment, and everyone was behind this. They're all chatting, Eddie, Eddie, we want to see the big Frog Splash. Out of nowhere, he just missed it and got speared into oblivion, very much Goldberg-esque. And obviously, the fans weren't happy about this because they wanted the Eddie tribute. They were really behind Santos in this moment, and it was just just very, very odd booking. Whoever made this decision to let this happen, they should have been on the receiving end of that spear. But in the end, Bron Breaker did get him up for that gorilla press slam. He pulverized him into the floor to the sound of booze, which was baffling. And he won the match. He was the right winner. It was in isolation, the actual like way the match ended, the, the, the fact it was an emphatic win and it was a concisive win for Bron Breaker was the right call. It was just dumb to have this all come after an Eddie Guerrero tribute on the night, which was like the anniversary night of Eddie Guerrero. Silly, silly move. But all in all, it was a good piece of business. I think Santos really deserves to be in this main event, little sphere, spectrum, whatever you want to call it. He's fantastic and he proved once again he's an excellent foil to these kind of young, up-and-coming babyfaces. What happens in the future? Well, Dolph Ziggler, Tommaso Ciampa, Gunter, you name them, they're all coming after Bron Breaker and I think my boy's going to handle them all easily. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.